Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today, we'll be talking about Becoming One Flesh, part two. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Well, welcome everyone to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is February 15th, 2021. And once again, I have my darling husband, Benjamin Cass, with me. And we're going to talk about Becoming One Flesh, part two. So obviously about marriage. The first one was kind of an introduction to our marriage and um, also the first marriage. uh, In the Bible. Scripted in the Bible. Yeah, Mm -hmm. written in the Bible. And today, hopefully we're going to get a little bit deeper than we were able to the first podcast. And get to the meat of the marriage. (laughs) Does that sound good? Sounds good. Okay. Um, today, my focus is actually going to be over in Ephesians 5. And for those that are familiar with that, you know that that's actually a lot of times where people point to uh, marriage. They typically start in um, Ephesians 5, 21. But as I think most of us know, um, when this was first written, it wasn't written into chapters and verses. We just did that to make it easier to find things. Um And I think actually that the entire chapter of Ephesians 5 is super important. So if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to read along with me. I'm reading, once again, from the Tree of Life version. Um, And actually, I really do enjoy this version, especially in this particular chapter. And uh, see if you can figure out why. So in Ephesians 5, it starts out as, Therefore be imitators of God, as dearly loved children, And walk in love, just as Messiah also loved us and gave himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice to God for a fragrant aroma. But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed, don't even let these be mentioned among you, as is proper for Kedoshim, or saints, or holy ones. Holy ones, yes. Obscene, coarse, and stupid talk are also out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Know for certain that no immoral, indecent, or greedy person who is really an idol worshiper at heart has any inheritance in the kingdom of Messiah and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's judgment comes on the children of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For once you were darkness, but now in union with the Lord, you are light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is disgraceful even to mention the things that are done by them in secret. Yet everything exposed by the light is being made visible. For everything made visible is light. This is why it says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Messiah will shine on you. So pay close attention to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. For this reason, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And do not get drunk on wine, for that is recklessness. Instead, be filled with the Ruach, or the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. I'm actually going to stop there, which is funny because I'm stopping before they actually start talking about marriage. Um, 
because I kind of want to unpack what they talk about here because I think it's super important not only in our daily lives but really in marriage and also explaining quite a bit of how we are to act mm -hmm. um, to those that we love. And if we're married, hopefully we love the person we're married to. Yep. Um, you know, he starts out talking as us. He wants us to be imitators of God. And even more so as dearly loved children. And it's funny that, you know, we read that because I was watching, you know, on Facebook as I'm want to do from time to time this morning. And I saw a post from uh, one of my old pastors when I uh, was uh, under, when I was in Okinawa this last time for uh, six months. Mm -hmm. And he had posted something saying, we expect our children to obey us more than we obey God. Yeah. And doing so, you know, why do we do that? Do we feel like that we are owed more allegiance and more obedience to, to our children or our children us more than that than we owe to God? And I think that's what they're saying there is in the same way that you expect obedience from your children, you need to be obedient to God. And if you're not doing that, you're being a hypocrite. Right. And then he talks, I, you know, are you, are you also saying that under this is talking about how you can be obedient by not mm -hmm. doing these things? Yeah, I'd say so. But, you know, also talking about right behavior, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to glorify God and not bring disrepute on him because you are God's representative on earth. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I think, <coughs> um, water if you, want. Um, you know, I think that, a lot of times um, in marriages, we tend to, and I think it goes back to the self, selfish nature. If we feel like the person that we're married to isn't giving us what we want, we might go outside of the marriage to try and find what it is. Yeah, um, there's that. There's also, you know, well, if he's not going to give me what I want, then I'm not going to give him what he wants or vice versa. Right. Or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to retaliate instead of acting sacrificially, loving sacrificially. Right. Um the reason I kind of wanted to stop here, um, especially talking about things being the light versus being in darkness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, therefore do not be partners with them for once you were darkness, but now in union with the Lord, you are light. Mm -hmm. So we're not only in union with the person that we're married to, we're in union with the Lord yep. as well. Mm -hmm. And um, you cannot be in union with the Lord if you're living in darkness right. because you cannot be in his presence mm -hmm. if you have um, sin um, or you're not following Yeshua. Is well, that... I mean, wouldn't those be one and the same? You know what I mean. I well, do, I... but I want to make sure the audience knows what you mean. Okay. So I'd say that those are one and the same. You know, if you are, and then, you know, what do you mean by that? Like when you stop sinning once you follow Yeshua? No. No. Yeshua's blood covers your sins and atones for your sins. Right. That's what I think I'm trying to say. Right. But I also think that when you recognize that what you've done, even if you are walking with Yeshua and you recognize that something that you've done, mm -hmm. even while you're walking with him, is uh, a sin or something mm -hmm. that is wrong, right. you repent. You yeah. repent and say, I'm sorry that I did this instead and, of continuing to walk yeah. in that. And why do you do that? Well, because you're know, just like if, if I offend you, right. my wife, I'm going to apologize for that because I don't want to offend you. I don't want to hurt you or make you feel bad. Right. And... You know, that's what you're doing when you're repenting to God. You're saying, I'm you know, sorry for what I've done, and I'm going to not do that again, and I'm going to turn my you know, life around, and I'm going to fix my bad behavior. But the consequences for that sin are still there, and that's what the blood of Yeshua covers. Right. Those consequences that we owe, you know, that debt we owe. It kind of goes back to what we talked about on the first episode. You know, why did God have to sacrifice that animal to cover Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. It's because of their 
you know, the consequences of their behavior. Right. We live in a reaping and sowing universe. God set it up that way. There's always a consequence to our actions. Right. Um, that being said, I did want to throw out here that this might not be the episode for little people to be listening to. Um, <laughs> we might be getting into some sensitive topics that may not be appropriate for um, children. So that being said, um, we're going to get into a little bit more personal stuff. Hopefully mm -hmm. my husband's okay with that. We did discuss this. Yep. Um, when I read Ephesians 5, 11 to 15... We're talking about being in the light for everything that is visible is light. You know, it is disgraceful even to mention the things that are done by them in secret. Yep. Um, for part of our marriage, you were struggling with something that I didn't necessarily understand because I grew up understanding that it was wrong and something that we shouldn't do. Right. But because you grew up in a totally different environment, mm -hmm. that was not taught to you. It was taught to you that it was just a normal thing mm -hmm. that everyone does. And... Did you want to kind of expound upon that? Yeah, so I think, you know, I know what she's talking about here. You know, I, before in our marriage and for a long time, and frankly, to this day, I struggle with uh, pornography. Um, and I think a lot of guys do. And in this modern world, even a lot of women do. Yep. Um, where it is true that secularly and in the worldly view, it's not seen as a big deal. But it is a big deal. And it was a part of our marriage that I, you know, regret and I have struggled with and continue to struggle to repent of and to turn away from um but it affected our marriage and even after i got saved i still struggled because just because you get saved does not mean that you instantly become a perfect person it's a process of sanctification that occurs over time i think it's also you didn't necessarily even though you were saved you didn't have the complete knowledge of the word of god oh no or i have I knew, an understanding I knew, nothing. I knew absolutely nothing but that's no excuse no but i like i think that like even when you did you know, when I found out what you're doing, mm -hmm. you still did not, especially that first time, you did not have a clear understanding of why is this actually wrong? Like, okay, yeah. my wife is threatening to leave me and right. take the kids with her, mm -hmm. but why is this actually wrong? Like, what's the big deal? I yeah. don't understand. What's the, what's the underlying issue? Like if you peel back every sin or, or even law, if you look at a law, like, why is this, why is it a, there a law against this or against that? And we're not just talking biblically, I'm talking secularly too. There's a reason for it and a logic behind it. You know, why Why is it wrong to steal? You can peel that back to first principles and find out why. And I had to do that for pornography. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is that it's adultery. Or I'm sorry, it's, um, it's uh, adultery. You're lusting in your heart and in your eyes for someone other than your wife. And that's not okay. And, uh, you know, I still struggle with that because... We are physical beings, and I'm a very physical being, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have a high libido, frankly. If you um, if you even read the five love languages, mm -hmm. and you there are obviously five love languages. Um, my husband's is is definitely physical, yep. um, which is hilarious because that's literally the last one on the list that I am. It's almost like last time we talked about us being opposites. Total opposites. Mine is actually words of affirmation, although it is a close tie to... Um, spending time, quality uh, time. Quality time. Mm -hmm. um, so and those are the places where I struggle to show my love for my wife. I'm very good at being physically affectionate with her, mm -hmm. holding her hand and rubbing her back and, you know, giving her, you know, little pecks on the neck and telling her that I love her. But it's difficult for me to express in the way that she can accept how much I love her. Right. And I think it's not necessarily 
just the way that God created him. I think it also is environmental. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, I know that the reason the words of affirmation is so important to me is because I didn't, every word of affirmation I got as a child from my mother, my father had about, you know, five or 10 negative things to say. And so that it negates it, it voids out the positive. Unfortunately, you Mm -hmm. tend to, um, you always tend to focus on the negative and not the positive. Yeah. And that's just the way that everyone is really, um, you're more likely to focus on the negative. And for, um, for Ben, he didn't necessarily have, um, a good environment to learn communication skills growing up. (laughs) Um, you know, that was another struggle for us in marriage where, I was very open and honest about communicating and I wanted to communicate. Yes. Painfully. So painfully. So he hated it and he still does, I'm sure. But, um, you know, his, his go-to was basically sweeping his emotions and thoughts under the rug and not dealing with them until they came pouring out at the most inopportune time. Right. And, um, we kind of, we both had to work through that because I had a hard time understanding why you couldn't communicate the same way I could communicate. Yeah. And that's, you know, that is the one thing where you're not the same. You I think that's a maturity through. issue. You know, yeah. we, we, we expect everyone to be able to communicate in our mode and method. I mean, when you go to a foreign country and you know, what do you immediately do? You look for someone that speaks your language. It's like, why would you do that? You're in their country. Yeah. Why would you go there without being able to speak their language? Mm-hmm. But we do it because, you know, we're silly people. Yeah. I did want to throw out... Um, there's probably about three times, I think, in our marriage where you did fall back into old habits. Yes. Um, and out of all the three, mm-hmm. not once did you come to me and say, Hey, I'm struggling with nope. this. It always, was always a get, me finding getting, it, getting, getting caught. caught, getting caught. Um, the last time, um, mm-hmm. I'm actually super grateful. We were actually in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We were attending actually a large church, which in this, at, at that time and season for us, I think was God placing us exactly where we needed to be. I agree. Simply because, um, they had the resources. They to help had us deal with the that. resources. Um, one of the resources that they had at this church was a thing called Celebrate Recovery. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't um, heard of them and you are struggling with any form of addiction, like literally any form, like even food or, you know, the, the, the typical alcohol and drugs mm-hmm. or pornography, like they had something for everyone right. with Celebrate Recovery. If you're like codependency, mm-hmm. which is something that I struggle with. Um, and they even had a group for me. Not only was Ben able to go to the group and talk to other men who were struggling with pornography, I was able to go to a group of women who had husbands struggling with pornography. Right. And even, you know, pornography is kind of almost a gateway drug um, for many men. Because, oh, you know, a lot of times, mm-hmm. not only do they go to pornography, and then they start picking up women off the street. And, you know, it, it escalates. It can escalate. Yeah, it doesn't always escalate, but no. it's definitely a possibility. And anyone who says otherwise is lying to themselves. Yes. Um, but anyway, so I would encourage people if they are struggling with any addiction of any kind, which if you say you're not, you may be in denial. Somebody is always struggling with some form of addiction. Um, the other thing that really, I think, was kind of a turning point in our marriage. Um, I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not. I think you might, though is the book called Love and Respect. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You want to you grab that? Yeah, I'll grab that um, off the shelf real quick. Yeah. Um, this book, Love and Respect, I am not good um, with self-help books or books that are of nonfiction nature of any kind. I'm more of a sci-fi fantasy kind of person. Nothing inappropriate. But um, I have a really hard time getting through any book that's like 
this is this will help you become a better human being because right. it just it bores me um and quite bored with self-improvement huh? yeah pretty much i'm bored with self-improvement um but yes it's called love and respect um it says the love she most desires the respect he desperately needs by dr emerson uh, emerson Egeritz. I do not know how to spell that. But if you look up Love and Respect, even on Amazon, it'll pop up really easily. Um, this book. It's a radically simple concept. So simple. But it's profound in its simplicity. Uh, and the idea being that what women need and desire most in a relationship is love. And what men desire and need most in a relationship is respect. And you might say, you know, take a double take at the first. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you, you need respect before you need love. But that's just the way that men are, are wired. And it absolutely makes sense. Like, I don't, you know, here's a dumb example. I don't need my Marines to love me, but I need them to respect me. I don't need people that I work with to love me, but I need them to respect me or I can't get anything done. And the first thing I need for my wife is her respect because how can she love me if she doesn't respect me? And I think that, you know, we did encounter a couple of people who said, no, like, I really feel like I, I need respect and, and I need love, mm -hmm. you know, kind of the reversal, which sometimes it can happen. They, yeah. But I also think what it's we dug pretty in, slim to none. when we dug in with those people a little bit, we yeah. found out that wasn't really the case. That's true. But um, I know there are, and I think he does say that, like there yeah. are a few people who actually do, it is reversed on yeah, it, know, but there's, there's, the majority is it's love and respect. Yeah, there's exceptions to every rule. Right. Um. So basically it's, it's, you know, you know the crazy cycle mm -hmm. where you do the same same over same thing over and over again and expect a different result. Yeah. And that's exactly what they talk about, especially when it comes to people who, you know, especially marriages, you're fighting. Yeah, you're, you're having a fight. Yep. And so as a husband, you react unlovingly. You clam up, you stop talking, you say mean things. And as a wife, when that happens, you react with disrespect. Mm -hmm. And when your husband perceives that disrespect, he becomes even more unloving. Yeah. And when you, she perceives that unloving nature in him, she becomes even more disrespectful and it just spirals out of control. And a lot of times, um, it's not even necessarily that you've been having a fight. It could just be daily stuff and mm -hmm. it just almost kind of builds. And you're like, wait, like, you know, in our relationship, I know that we have found, like, if we stop and be like, okay, hold on a second. Like, what are we actually mad about? Like, mm -hmm. let's get to the root of this. And unfailingly, mm -hmm. we have found that it always goes back to, I'm not feeling loved. And I'm not feeling respected. Exactly. And um, it is such a simple concept, but it has saved us, I think, a lot of different... It's, it's saved our marriage, let's be real. It's, yeah, it's saved our marriage. And it's also saved, I think, a lot of arguments mm -hmm. from escalating out of complete control. Yes, absolutely. And it's a great tool for you to use in your marriage. You know, if you're having an argument or disagreement or you're not getting along, you don't have to wait for the other person mm -hmm. to react in the way you want them to if your wife is having an issue with you and you're having a fight stop what you're doing and show her that you love her find a way to show her that you love her and you're going to short circuit the fight in the same way your wife can do that for you by finding a way to show you respect and really it can even just come down to be like hold on a second like time out what is this really about and if they're like i don't know or you know what it's really about be like okay are you not feeling respected? Right. And he could do the same for you. Be like, okay, are you not feeling loved? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I, you know, have made you feel like you are not being loved right now. And I think that's, it was monumental for us. It really was. I think at first when I read it, I'm like, this is dumb because, <laughs> and if you even read a couple of the reviews on Amazon, which actually I was kind of surprised by, but you know, 
it's not it, this is a gentleman who wrote this mm -hmm. and so some of it can maybe come across as being misogynistic misogynistic mm -hmm. but when you really get down to the nitty-gritty it's really not being misogynistic at all um i think that the problem is that some women have trouble with it because um a lot of times our, our husbands have not stepped up in the roles that they're supposed to have um that god tells them they're supposed to have and so we step into that role and then when the husband tries to actually step up we're like what are you doing i'm in control go away now right and I think that that's something I struggle with. Now, I don't know if this is the case, but you know, I also imagine that it is a very simple concept. And I could imagine someone not wanting to spend, what is it, the $15 or whatever on the book that is such a simple concept. And I did find as I went through it, it's like, okay, I got it. Like, I don't need to read keep rehashing this over and over and over again. But it's that it's as long as it is for a reason yeah. because we are really dumb in a lot of ways and we screw up and we don't get it right away repetition is a thing that helps us learn you know we've definitely found that in our walk with the lord and if you read the bible i wouldn't say it's repetitive but there are repetitive themes in there because yes god knows that we need to have some things beaten into our head before we're <laughs> going to get it yeah absolutely like it's definitely not like a new concept on each page right. not necessarily some some parts there are but other parts <laughs> it's like you need to understand this and so i'm going to repeat it until hopefully you actually understand it right. um and i think that's so so important in marriage i think it's important for us in as a couple to be able to step back and say okay what does my spouse need for me right now mm -hmm. um even in those moments like you know during even as he struggles with pornography now, it can, it can still be a sensitive topic, yeah. even for me, because it's, you know, something that can, I guess, trigger me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we are careful about what we watch. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to become a stumbling block for my husband mm -hmm. because the same images that could trigger him uh, do not trigger me. They don't really affect me at all because physical is not my thing. It's right. just, it's not. I, you know, we've talked about it kind of jokingly, like, you know, I could live without the physical for a few, at least a few months and he needs it like, you know, all the time. So, um, so yeah, so it's just, I think it's really important. You know, and another thing I would, I would say, go ahead and check out the five love languages. Cause I think that was really important for us to understand as well, because it gave us an understanding of where's my spouse coming from? Because, um, it's not the same places where I'm coming from. Yeah. I think if you can understand those two concepts, the love languages and the love and respect, I think you'll be a long you know, way ahead when it comes to this whole marriage thing, because, you know, that's the alphabet and you can't start writing and reading and putting together, you know, books and sentences until you can do the alphabet and for the marriage and for love those two concepts are basically the alphabet in my mind yeah i would agree because i think mm -hmm. that, i think we actually did read the entire five love languages because yeah. we had to get through <laughs> each of the different love languages but i think it was really clear once you're reading it like okay this is totally me yeah and yeah there were like in fact i think there's actually a website where you can take the five love languages there is, test. and there's apps and the, yeah. the whole nine yards yeah, that's right. We did have an app. So like, yeah. hey, like, I'm not feeling love right now. Like, come and <laughs> come and speak to me right, right. now. Um, but yeah, there, there are apps for that. Um, I would definitely encourage you to get those different resources. Um, it's so important, guys. Like, you've got to actually work at your marriage. It's not like, oh, I'm married now and everything's fantastic and you know I don't need to work hard. That brings up a great point. What? What is marriage a picture of in the Bible? Yeshua and his bride, isn't it? And who's the bride? The church. Exactly. So marriage is a picture of... Right. our relationship with Yeshua and with God. Mm -hmm. And we have to work at that too. Yes, we do. Yep. 
That's very true. Mm -hmm. And actually, I plan on discussing that in our next episode. Isn't that a great segue? <laughs> it is, where we'll actually finish talking about Ephesians 5 and get into where they actually talk about marriage um, specifically. Um, I do think that if you could read it on your own um, and actually really delve in it and also meditate on what he's saying here, it'll help you in every aspect of your life, not just in marriage, but in every relationship you have. Yeah. Um, there's a reason he tells us like, you shouldn't be doing these things. Why? Because it's not fruitful for you to do it. And if you're a follower of Yeshua, you should be coming more like Yeshua and less like the world. Mm -hmm. And um, the things that I've even just listed, you know, that I listed that I read in, in Ephesians 5 that tell you, you know, this is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. That's like a kind of a no brainer of how you can live a better life, whether mm -hmm. you're a believer or not. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to leave you with... Please leave me an email if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, want to um, have me discuss something, um, or you have a question about something, um, you can either leave it anonymously or have your name there, and I will be happy to um, talk about it on my podcast. Um, leave it at my website, MessyMessianicMama.com, or at my email, E-L-M-M-M. -M -M three at protonmail.com. That's E is an echo. L is in Lima. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. M is in Mike. The number three at protonmail.com. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen.